this is the Audibles and Analytics podcast here on a Monday night. It's time. It's day one of free agency is not quite in the books because the deals are still rolling in. But I thought it would be a good time to catch up on all the action from day one. We're going to roll through a bunch of these deals. Earlier in the day, I recorded on some of these, so I won't say as much about some of the ones that happened in the first half of the day. So if you're looking, if you if you hear me get to one and I don't go into a lot of depth about it, it's because it's in the podcast that dropped earlier today about this uh, day one of free agency moves. But I know I'll be on the road tomorrow traveling for work, and so I won't get to drop m- as much content for y'all tomorrow. Uh, but I'm hopeful like Wednesday night, maybe uh, I'll be able to drop some another podcast for you guys with some of my thoughts on the free agent landscape and some of these moves. But uh, right now we've got a bunch of moves that have rolled through even since I recorded a mini podcast, like a 17 minute pod earlier today. Um, apologies about the audio on that one too, by the way, tried a, an Adobe, tried to do it with my phone and then do this Adobe supposed to have this new thing that cleans up the sound, like really makes it really tight. And I thought I could do it that way. And I don't know if it was just the phone recording just wasn't good enough to even pass in that way. Uh, even Adobe couldn't save it or if the Adobe beta version of this thing is not good enough yet but either way uh this was uh definitely a need to go back to the regular podcast format with my my blue yeti and gotten the, the regular setup so uh we'll keep getting the audio quality hopefully picked up for y'all on this show but let's jump into some of these deals i won't go into every d- detail on every deal um i'm i'm going to go team by team as i do this because it helps me make sure that I'm not forgetting anything. Um, but I'm not going to like talk about Connor McGovern to the bills that much. Like it feels like, you know, a stopgap type of player. They'll probably draft somebody. Even McGovern can start. They'll transition somebody else in three year, $23 million contract. It, it makes sense given what they're looking for, but we're not going to go into a ton of detail on all of those types of deals. Really big thing with the bills is it seems like they're kind of poised to just lose some players. I mean, lost Tremaine Edmonds, um, today and feels like they're going to probably lose Jordan Poyer. And so it's going to be a little bit of a new look for them, I think. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if they feel like they can do, address those needs through free agency that that are now created, that feels like they've had the same core group together for a while, or if they're going to go to the draft for that. Um, so they're going to have some questions to answer, especially because Miami continues to make good moves. David Long to a two-year $11 million deal. Some of these players get really overhyped on Twitter and Long probably was one of those players considering the contract projections for him were way out there, I felt like. But he's kind of been a player that's grown into a bigger role. I wouldn't call him like an elite three down player, but certainly a guy that's able to play all three downs in which there's a lot of value of that in today's NFL and able to play well in coverage too. So his fit there is going to be interesting. Jerome Baker's obviously there as well, but two years, 11 million. Uh, they've got two athletic linebackers who can move around and do a lot of different stuff. Are either of them like traditional run stuffing type linebackers? No, I don't think they are, but perhaps Miami doesn't care about that. They're trying to stop the pass. And these guys certainly fit the bill of linebackers that uh, Fangio's had success with in the past when you think about in uh, Corey Littleton and, and with the Rams and these guys are similar players. They didn't really prioritize stopping the run there either with their linebackers. Um, so Long definitely fits the team really well, I think. And then obviously the trade for Jalen Ramsey for just a third round pick, I'm not counting Hunter Long, was crazy for Miami. Um, so they're paying a lot of money, but they have a really good roster. That's how you want to do it. If you're going to spend a lot of money, make sure you're getting really good players. Don't overplay for average players. We'll get to some teams in the AFC that did that um, over the last 24 hours. But 
Miami's pretty much avoided that. The most of the players that are making a lot of money for them are really good players. Uh, maybe Xavier Howard would be the exception to that, but the rest of them, uh, really good players for sure. Patriots have, I thought, done pretty well with finding bargain deals. I mean, getting Jonathan Jones back, I think is huge. Two-year, $20 million deal. It seemed like he wanted to be there, and that was a big part of that. Got Raquan McMillan back extremely cheap, and even if he's not a three-down player, which I don't think he is, the Patriots have made it work at linebacker just like this before, and he certainly can fill enough of a need to, to be a good piece for them. So they haven't done anything major, but the last time they did major things in free agency, it didn't go very well for them. And they found that out again by having to trade Johnny Smith for a seventh rounder to Atlanta, one of the worst contracts that we've seen in the last couple of years. New England picking that one up was was hurt. They were just to, to offload that contract at all. I felt like it was a good move for them. Uh, let's see. The Jets haven't done the big one yet. We're waiting for Quinn and Williams. Quincy Williams coming back three years, 18 million. I think it looks great. I mean, to get him for six million per when you look at some of the, I mean, some of the linebacker deals have been underwhelming today, but some have been pretty big, you know. Like is Quincy Williams. I thought he played better than Jermaine Edmonds at times last year. I know he doesn't have the name hype, and maybe there's not the upside, but he is a one of the most physical players in the NFL. I really like Quincy Williams, and we'll see what kind of contract his brother gets here uh, in the coming days, probably. Jermaine Pratt uh, re-signing with the Bengals on a three-year, $21 million deal. People really thought, I mean, he he did emerge last year. There's no question he played well. I do worry about linebackers like this a little bit, like that have some limitations athletically that eventually they're going to get solved. We've seen a couple of these guys spring up though in recent years. I mean, Nick Bolton's one that's in this mold. Um, uh, TJ Edwards just got paid, uh, not as much as people thought maybe. But actually, right around this amount, I believe, for Pratt did, um, you know, not guys that necessarily are rangy, but just instinctive and big and strong and can play the run a little bit old school, but have enough instincts to survive in zone coverage. And Pratt certainly did that last year. He is growing. It does make me curious to see how they're going to treat Logan Wilson when that time comes. But this isn't a massive deal. It's not out of the question they could pay Logan Wilson as well. And I think Wilson is the better player. The really curious part is they decided to prioritize Jermaine Pratt over, I won't say over Jesse Bates because Bates priced himself probably out of what they wanted to pay. And I understand that. We'll get to the Bates signing, but I understand why Cincinnati was hesitant to do that. I know people are going to call them cheap and and I get it. They need to upgrade their secondary for sure. And I don't know exactly how that's going to happen. Uh, I'm not saying that the alternatives are better, but I just, I think Bates has been an up and down player throughout his career enough that I wouldn't want to be paying him like top four safety money. And so I get that one. And we'll talk more about Bates when we get to Atlanta and why I actually like the deal for them, despite what I just said, but Von Bell was sitting there and you could have brought him back at a pretty similar rate to Pratt. And I felt like having one of your two safeties back, especially with Bell, I know his picks last year were a little bit, a little bit lucky probably. And he's probably not going to do that again. But I do feel like he grew a little bit as a deep coverage player last year and wasn't just a box safety, but he's really good at that too, an enforcer. And it just a guy that's helpful to have, I think, in your team is you try to replace one safety, not ever replace two. Now having to replace two is, is a little more difficult. So I probably would have prioritized Bell, but they decide to invest in Pratt and have Pratt and Wilson come back and they lost both their safeties. And we'll see. Bell went to Carolina. We'll talk about him in a second, but interesting move for Cincinnati. Not probably the one I would have made, but I think that they're still they have a chance to have a pretty good linebacker tandem last year. And then we'll just see Dax Hill might be one safety and we'll see what happens to the other safety. Going to be pretty interesting to see whether they can do that in the draft because this is one of the worst safety classes we've probably seen in years in the draft. 
The Browns brought Posick back on a three-year, $18 million deal. Really honestly didn't think this was going to happen. This one stunned me. Like I just, I know Posick played well last year, but like you're spending big money on Wyatt Teller, big money on Batonio, like big money on Jack Conklin. You know, how much you're willing to spend on your offensive line is crazy. And they just don't care. Like this isn't a huge contract. So I guess that helped. Obviously, uh, three years, 18 million is not a huge deal. Um, but still, I thought somebody would just outbid them and they would have a point they didn't want to come back from. But I guess not. Bosick uh, cashes in. It's a good deal for him, I think. Pretty fair deal for him. A lot of people really like the Okoronkwo uh, deal for Cleveland. I'm going to be honest. I have not really watched him. I've heard other people really liked him as a pass rusher in some of the production last year for him. Uh, so it seems like three years, 19 million, if you're getting a guy who can be even similar to Samson Abicom, uh, which I think is a pretty good comp for Oboe, then it feels like that's a really good price for them. 12.5 million guarantee. I mean, that's a deal that you can probably get out of after a year. And so um, uh, if it doesn't work and to get it, you have to do this. If you're Cleveland, one of your main offseason priorities, and I know they just lost out on Draymond Jones and we'll probably talk about that. But one of your main offseason priorities is that you improve the situation around Miles Garrett from a pass rush perspective. Um, and I think that's clear that they are trying to take steps to do that. Now, can they be successful on the defensive line front outside of this move? We'll see. They need more than this, but this is a good start, I'd say, to add another guy that can be at least a rotational pass rush specialist piece that takes some pressure off Miles Garrett on those pass-only downs. Patrick Peterson signed up with the Steelers, two-year, $14 million deal, but only $5.85 million, almost less than $6 million, a little less than $6 million guaranteed for Patrick Peterson. So probably just a one-year deal, and if he plays well, he earns that second year. Um, I would not have probably made this move if I'm Pittsburgh, but they didn't pay enough here for me to gripe like crazy about it. I mean, I just would have re-signed Camp Sutton. Although I know that it was more expensive of a deal, it wasn't that much more expensive. You know, I was guaranteed money was, but I, I just Patrick Peterson's thirty three years old. Yes, he played well last year. The two years before that, he looked like he was out. He should have been out of the league. Like it was, it really looked like he was at the end to me. And he is, he just can't cover down the field. He he doesn't have the athleticism. He can't run with people anymore. So yes, he can play top down and he's good in zone coverage and he's certainly a physical player still. There are still things he can do, but the limitations are just there and teams are going to attack him. Good best teams are going to attack him. And he's 33. He doesn't fit the timeline of the rest of this team. You know, it's so it's so frustrating to me as probably as, as this guy who grew up, you know, for Steelers and covered the Steelers for a while. You know, Kevin Colbert, for all the, the faults that he had as a GM, he didn't sign free agents from other teams that, you know, that weren't former Steelers. He didn't sign free agents that weren't former Steelers over the age of 30 in free agency. He just never did it. I literally don't think he did it one time. And so the fact that his first offseason, you know, as a non, as somebody else is in there now, as GM Omar Khan's on there, in there, and Khan's first free agent signing is a player from another team over the age of 30 is just like, dude, what are we doing? The one good thing Colbert did, we're flying in the face of. And, so this is fine because it's cheap and he will definitely start for this team and they do need a veteran in there. And I get all these things and I'm not griping about the move. I just hate that they lost Camp Sutton and were cheap there in order to make this and to keep space to make this move. And hopefully there's another one coming and we'll see. I'm not trying to judge it all right now, but Camp Sutton was a big part of what this team was trying to do. And that's a big loss to, to lose him, I think. 
Been an interesting free agency for the Texans after they signed. Like, remember last year was like 15 players to one year deals and like none of them were good players and pretty much none of them played well <laughs> either. So it was like the perfect tank free agency um, where you spend enough money to like avoid suspicion, but you spend it all on bad players who are going to be free agents after the year. So genius stuff from the Texans a year ago. Now they've got Robert Woods on a two-year, $15 million deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, like he, he can help, I guess. Like he's a good guy to have for a rookie quarterback because he's going to be good to work with. He can do a lot of different things. He's reliable. He's going to communicate well, and you need leaders. So I like it. Um, I think it's a good move. Uh, Chase Winovich is here, you know, for on, a, on a small deal as a depth edge guy, another grinder type. Hassan Ridgeway, I think I thought had flashes, just a one-year, $3 million deal coming over from the 49ers. I think he's an okay rotational guy, and they paid him like one. Um, Jimmy Ward's the big signing. He'll be a free uh, free safety for D'Amico Ryans once again um, with the Texans and probably play a little in the slot as well. Um, we'll see. Who else? Jonathan Owens um, played pretty decent last year, I feel like. Obviously, Jalen Petrie's there. Too, so that would probably suggest Ward's going to play deeper safety and maybe Petrie will be the one that's a little bit closer to the ball or, or maybe he'll just play in the slot. They have MJ Stewart there too. I'm probably forgetting someone. Apologies if I am doing this off the top of my head, but um, I like the Ward signing. I think he is a good football player. Now that he's been able to prove he can stay healthy, I feel good about giving him some money there. I don't know if terms on that deal are out yet as of this podcast recording. I don't think I've seen that. Colts. <laughs> oh man, Colts fans. How do y'all do free agency, man? How do y'all just, uh, at least you're not fooling yourselves anymore though. At least you know what Ballard's hitting for. At least that could give you some, some hope. You don't have to trick yourself into believing he's actually going to have some stones each year, but one year, $2 million deal for Taekwon Lewis. The Colts have been Dead quiet on the first day of free agency. Stop me if you've heard that one before. There's pro players out there. Maybe something will happen. Um, it's hard to get your hopes up when it comes to Chris Ballard. We haven't even heard about them being in on a deal that I've seen any, anyway. So that's how it goes for Indy. Uh, Jacksonville, nothing really to report there. Not for them right now. They obviously lost Juwan Taylor. Um, yeah, I'll get to some. I'm mostly looking at additions. We'll talk about losses as we get to players where that's pertinent. I thought this was interesting. Titans, Andre Dillard, a three-year, $29 million contract, which is a de- – I mean, for a, st- for a guy who I'm assuming is going to start at left tackle for them is probably a, a decent contract. But I'm trying to think of how many times – I mean, Dillard, 158 offensive snaps last year. That's nothing – he did play more the year before. That was the year that he played. I see PFF. Let's see what PFF at least has him graded as. I honestly haven't watched him in the NFL because I know he's mostly not played really. Um, 2019, he had a handful of snaps. He was pretty bad. I, I, that was the year I did watch him. That was that his rookie year? Yes, that was his rookie year, and he was bad that year. I remember that. And then, yeah, it looks like 2020, he didn't play, and then 2021, he played – 340 snaps and and PFF has him graded like a solid player last year 58 snaps so either way we are talking about a very limited sample size of snaps and playing a playing time for Andre Dillard to be signed to you know this isn't a massive contract as I said but to be signed for yeah I mean 
nine mil a year, almost 10 mil a year is a pretty good deal for Andre Dillard, considering he's been basically a bust in the NFL. I mean, according to perception anyway, and uh, obviously maybe he's just stuck in a, in a, you know, Eagles have two elite tackles. And so that could be part of it. He could have matured past that. We just haven't seen that on a football field. So uh, Titans going off some, some reputation there probably for that one, but it could work out for them. I hope it does. I like Dillard coming out of college as a pass protector. So hope it works out for him. The Broncos, man, one of the most controversial days of free agency, probably, or maybe just in my mind. I just, I don't really like their their start to free agency. I'll just be honest. It's not that I don't think any of these moves can work or that they didn't get incrementally better. I think they got mildly better. I think you could talk me into that pretty easily. Um, but here's some of the moves they made two years, $10 million for Jarrett Stidham um, as the backup quarterback to Russell Wilson. They signed Chris Mannert's blocking tight end um, to a small deal. Uh, ben Powers came over from the Ravens, four years, $52 million deal, a $28.5 million per year. So $13 million per year for Ben Powers. That's He is coming from a one of the probably most scheme-specific fits in the NFL in, as a run-block heavy guy in Baltimore who has never been a standout in pass protection, in my opinion. Watched him many times over the years, and I think he has some real limitations. So – Fine player. I wouldn't have wanted to pay him $13 million. I certainly wouldn't have prioritized him in the first couple hours of free agency. And I may have just seen what it would cost to keep Dalton Reisner, but who's, I think, probably has a little more upside. Um, McGlinchey, Mike McGlinchey, a five-year, $87.5 million deal, over $50 million guaranteed for McGlinchey. He's been banged up some. I think he struggles in pass protection. Uh, I think he... When he loses, it's pretty ugly. I, I kind of think he's like the Donovan Smith, right? The right tackle version of Donovan Smith, maybe, if that makes sense. Just some technical stuff and some timing stuff for the strikes that have just never really been cleaned up. Gets that high pad level. Guys can get into his chest. I don't like that. Um, he is a very good run blocker. And if they're going to commit to the run, which man hurts powers, McGlinchey, it seems like they're going to try and pound the rock with Russ and, and <laughs> see if they can be an average team until his deal is movable. Um, Maybe they think that's going to work, and we'll see. Uh, but McGlinchey, I guess, would be a good fit. So maybe the fit's good with some of these guys. But you're overpaying. Yeah, I mean, you're overpaying. Do you care about that? I mean, the Walmart owners, obviously, like, you know, they they have a lot of money to throw around. I get it. And it, But that doesn't mean that it's good that they pay the right – throwing around the money is not the problem. Like, throw around money, absolutely. You hardly have any draft picks, and your team's pretty bad. Like, throw around the money. But make sure you're signing good players. You know, it goes back to what I said about uh, the Dolphins. Like they have thrown around a ton of money, but they got Teron Armstead, they got Tyreek Hill, they got uh, Jalen Ramsey. Like, there's no doubt about what they're about. You know, they got even if I think Bradley Chubb's a tad over it, they're Bradley Chubb. Like, that's a good edge rusher. That's a could be a ten Zach guy for you. Like, and I'm just not sure. Like, did the Broncos sign anybody? They also signed Zach Allen, rotational defensive lineman for the Cardinals last year, three year, forty five point seventy five million dollar contract. 32.5 million guaranteed for Zach Allen. Like he got a huge guarantee. I think he got way more guaranteed money than Draymond Jones. People are being quiet about the, the guarantees of Draymond Jones, but I saw Jordan Schultz say 18 million for Draymond Jones in the guarantee. And yeah, even Rappaport, as he reports it, is not saying the guarantees for Draymond Jones. It looks like they're closer to 23.5 million. Um, he gets 35 million over the first two years of the deal. It doesn't say whether that money's guaranteed or not. Um, so which is usually a sign that the guarantees were not as as big as he 
thought maybe that it would be. Um, so I, I, I mean, still $23.5 million in year one. If he, if he gets the first two years of his deal, that's basically the same amount of guarantees, maybe a tad more than Zach Allen here. But that's, to me, like, I, I'm would I have just kept Draymond Jones then? I'm not even the biggest Draymond Jones fan, actually. I thought he was being way overhyped. I actually think I'd like going Allen instead of Jones. I just can't believe they had to pay Allen this much money to get him away from Arizona or get him away from other suitors. Like, he is a career rotational player who, yeah, had good, what, five and a half sacks last year? You know, I mean, like, and the production part doesn't matter that much to me. Like, he's a solid rotational player for sure. But, like, this isn't a three-down guy, like, who you just play every, like I'm just not sure what the plan is here like he's never played like a thousand snaps or anywhere close any season in fact let's look while we're talking about it and just give you an idea exactly what we're looking at here with Zach Allen in terms of his snaps over the last couple of years this past year 660 snaps 727 the year before 505 the year before that so he's been a part-time player his entire career and frankly, PFF has never graded him favorably as a run defender, really. Last year was his best year, but that's the issue. And, and that's the issue when you watch him, too. He's not a true three-down player as an interior defensive lineman, so he's, a, so he's a passing down specialist. And even if he's one of the best of those, 32 mil guaranteed, that I just wouldn't want to be in this business, I feel like. Um, Alex Singleton on a three-year $18 million deal. I know people say he balled last year, but like I've watched the guy like – I just can't believe that this is the kind of money that Alex Singleton is worth. Like he's just, it's like, at what point did you just like play well in comparison to what you've played like in the past? Um, that's something I wonder too, but to bring him back is fine. That deal I actually have no issue with because they paid three years, $18 million and he did play well for them last year. So what the heck? I mean, that's 9 million guaranteed. That's nothing. I don't have any issue with that deal. Actually, I should be clear on that one. Um, but yeah, Zach Allen, Ben Powers, Mike McGlinchey, do you have like an average starter there? Like, I think McGlinchey's going to be an average starter. Powers could probably be an average starter. Allen is probably going to be a rotational player. Are they above average starters at their positions? I mean, McGlinchey might be above average as a run blocker, as a pass protector. I don't So it, it just like, you don't want to even be asking yourself that question. If you just made these guys, some of the highest played players in the league at their position, you know, like you don't want to be asking yourself if they're even above average, like on their best year, can I get above average season? I don't know. Like you want them to be like really good starters, like to be paying them that money. They don't have to be lead. They don't have to be top five. I understand how the market works. I understand guys get overpaid and then the market comes back around and resets. I get that. I just wouldn't want to be paying average players whose ceiling is like above average. I wouldn't want to be paying those types of players. Some like some of the top players at their position. That's where I differentiate from what the Broncos are doing here. So they had to fill needs. They filled needs. I would say they've gotten marginally better. Um, but look, the AFC man, like, I don't, I don't know that you've gotten that much better. I talked about the Jawan Taylor signing for the Chiefs earlier today, so you can check out that uh, the earlier podcast to hear me talk about that. Talked about Jimmy Garoppolo in there as well. Raiders also signed Marcus Epps to a two-year, $12 million deal. He has always impressed me when I've played. That is a very cost-affordable deal. There are not many good safeties out there in this world uh, that are available this offseason draft. There's a few in free agency, but I guess some of them are gone already. Free agency, so yeah, heck yeah. Getting Epps in there for an affordable deal, a guy that can be a capable starter for you. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, and who's the guy they drafted last year that's there? Um, 
Tyron Morig. Um, Tyron? Why am I blanking on his first name? <laughs> I remember scouting him, TCU guy. I can't think of what his first name is right now, but Trayvon, Trayvon Morig. Um, but yeah, with Morig there, like you, hopefully those two guys can you know, be your, your starters next year and you're not paying hardly anything for safety and to able to sink money in elsewhere. Whether that ends up being a corner or not, we'll see. The market is drying up there a little bit. I uh, love the Chargers signing of Eric Hendricks, but we do not have numbers on it yet. So that will determine some. But they have just needed an adult at the position really since Perryman left. And I think this is huge for them. I think Kendrick still has some plenty left in the tank. I don't think he's cooked at all. Is he the player that he was in his absolute prime? Probably not. But he, if he can get in there and get Kenneth Murray right, who has so much ability and is a great kid by all accounts, but just has not been able to put it together. If he can get in there and get him right, like it's going to be huge for this team. I mean, there's a lot of talent now. Kendricks and Murray and Mac and you know, Joseph Day is there and obviously Bosa and this is a pretty pretty good team. We'll see if they can get Calvin Noy back and what ends up happening with him. But the secondary's got talent in it. Um, did they sign a safety too? Did I see that? I don't. Maybe they were just talk. I don't see anything reported yet on them signing a safety. But yeah, this is a pretty pretty good football team, I think, right now on paper. But we say that every year about them. Cowboys haven't done anything. Giants got uh, Raheem Nunes Rochas in there. Good depth piece for them. Good run defender. Not going to help you as a pass rusher, but Energizer Bunny, locker room guy, very popular among teammates, all that kind of stuff. Also brought in Bobby Okarike, a four-year, $40 million contract, $22 million guaranteed for Okarike. So he kind of cashes in on the linebacker market. The linebacker deals have been all over the place. You know, ten million per year, uh, twenty-two million guaranteed feels pretty good given what some of those other guys got. So you got to like it for Okarike, and I think he's shown he can be a good coverage player. He's had flashes of being a good three-down player. Inconsistency is definitely there. It's going to be him and what Jared Davis, I think. Uh, I'm probably f- forgetting somebody maybe for the Giants, but um, I don't love their linebacker group. But I think that yeah, it helps. I, I definitely think it helps. Um, and yeah, 22 million guaranteed, you know, like you had the base, you know, I, I don't hate it. Um, I think he's promising. I'd like to see what he can become for sure. But yeah, those are probably your starters, Jared Davis and Bobby Okarike. And so you've taken a need off, off the table for the draft. So you can focus on some other positions, which I think could be helpful too. Jason Kelsey coming back to the Eagles on a one-year deal. Great move for them. Huge for them. Still one of the best centers in the game. Brandon Graham's coming back as well. Still a great rotational pass rusher. So not all is lost for the Eagles, although they did lose many players on this opening day of free agency. Um, Let's see. The Washington commanders made a bunch of moves. Andrew Wiley uh, to play right tackle on a three-year, $24 million contract. I like it. It's affordable. It's probably front-loaded. That probably doesn't keep you from signing anybody, but it gives you a stopgap while a rookie could develop. You want flexibility and those kind of deals give you that. Also, Nick Gates comes in three years, $16.5 million deal. So these aren't like game-changing signings, but they're, you know, again, if you're going to invest in the draft at this position, these guys are good, capable starter stop gaps, you know, even if their ceilings aren't that high. And those are the and, and they're also tough guys, character guys, tone setting guys. So the, like I think those are good moves for Washington on the margins. Um Cody Barton on a one-year deal. I like it at linebacker. I think, honestly, they can't claim Cameron Dantzler off waivers. I'm not a 
big fan of him, but that's going to be cheap. So they're just trying to build. You know, they under, they are starting to embrace the the rebuild. I think that's going to happen here. Build around defense, get guys in that can be stop gaps on offense. Who whoever you get a quarterback isn't uh, getting crushed out there. And uh, I think that can um, be the formula for this season as they transition into looking for future pieces at the key positions. The Bears have had one of the weirdest days. Very hard to evaluate um, what the Bears have done. Nate Davis is a solid player, three years, $30 million. That is, to me, an overpay. But look, Ben Powers just got $13 million per year. So I think he and Nate Davis are pretty comparable players, pretty tier similar players. And so, yeah, I guess this is a good deal then. If that's the market, um, you're getting a, a, a solid deal, I guess, uh, $19 million guaranteed. Um, Tremaine Edmonds brought in four years, 72 million. And then TJ Edwards was the discount signing three years, 19.5 million. Many could argue Edward Edwards was better than Edmonds last year, even though Edmonds obviously is the clearer, higher ceiling. It's an interesting fit. Edwards will probably be the mic. And I guess Edmonds is your will now. Edmonds has been playing the mic in Buffalo. Um, so this is a change for him. I think that's a pretty good group some people would say why didn't you just pay Roquan Smith if you were going to pay these guys and I guess it's paying two players plus you got a pick for Roquan so but Roquan is for sure better than both of these players so it's a little bit weird I kind of get it but it wouldn't have been what I would have done uh the the biggest issue is this the Bears have crying needs at tackle at offensive line uh but especially tackle at cornerback and t- still at wide receiver, DJ Moore is a nice piece, but Jace Glabel is not a guy I want to be counting on. And Darnell Mooney will see the injuries. He's not produced the way he hope he should. I would be trying to make things happen in those positions or tight end, just getting in pass catchers, um, exciting players, playmakers, you know, those kind of things on this offense. But yeah, corner and I they just haven't gone there. So maybe they really like Kyler Gordon. We'll see. But they spent money in other positions. Oh, defensive line, too. That's the main position. Yeah, they haven't done anything there. So targeting it through the draft, I'm sure, is their plan. But you don't want to just rely on rookies. Um, you want to be able to have filled that with other signings, too. And there's some good players out there. So surprise. Some people were surprised they didn't end up with Draymond Jones, too. So I don't hate it for the Bears to start free agency. And I love the DJ. I love the trade for the first. I haven't talked about that on the pod yet, but I thought that was just outstanding. And anybody who follows me on Twitter saw that, but that was a no brainer to me. Get out of that pick, build around fields. And if it doesn't work, guess what? You're still back at the top and you'll get another chance at a quarterback. And, you know, it's doesn't work, doesn't work. But I fields showed enough to me that I'd want to take that chance and build the rest of your roster out. And man, did they add a lot of assets to be able to do stuff in future drafts if they need to. The Lions, I, I like it so far. I, I'm surprised Anzalone got three years, 18 million. I don't know where that came from. That one is puzzling to me. Um, their linebacker play was pretty bad last year. I can't believe they just like want to sign a guy to what is a starting caliber contract, it seems like, with given some of these other signings. So that's peculiar to me. Um, Cam Sutton, three years, 33 million. Uh, that's one of the best moves I said of, of free agency so far, I think. Love is fit there. I talked about that one at length in the podcast earlier. Nothing's going on with Green Bay. <laughs> uh, Josh Oliver, uh, three-year, $21 million deal with $10.75 million guaranteed to Minnesota. I think I like it. 
yeah, I haven't watched him play a ton, but when I have, I said, this is a really high end number two tight end probably. And Minnesota is going to try to run more 12 this year, I'm sure. So I get it. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good contract. <laughs> it's a good contract for Oliver, I think. Um, Falcons have had a good day. I think just to resign Chris Lindstrom, Lindstrom, I know it's a ton of money, but he is legitimately one of the best guards in the NFL. I, I think he's totally flown under the radar because it's the Falcons and they haven't been very good. You know, John U. Smith is not good in an overpay, but you have cap space and, you know, you're trading a seventh for him. So, you know, basically one of the last picks in the entire draft for him. So, and you got something out of him last time and you need weapons. You just straight up do. And this isn't a great wide receiver draft. And so you need weapons. Let's see what you can do. Reuniting him with Arthur Smith. I like it. David Onyemata I talked about earlier today on the pod, like that signing a lot. Jesse Bates, big, this is the big one for them. Four year, 64 million, 23 million in year one for this deal. I forget what the guarantees overall are on it. I like it for Atlanta, even though I think Bates, it might end up looking like an overpay eventually. The upside for them is, you know, shrug shoulders. Like they just need, you know what I mean? They just, they got to take that chance. They just haven't had any playmaking at safety. They need players at that position. There's, like I said, no options in the draft really. And Bates was the best free safety available, I think. And so, this is a big contract. It's a lot of money for Bates. He has been kind of an up and down player. Like there's been years where he's given up too much in the pass game. There's been years where he's given up too much on the run game and couldn't tackle. And then it's flipped. And, um, but I think overall, like he's a playmaker and you want that. And he's consistently been a playmaker. So I do think that helps them a ton. And I think you just take the chance, you know, high character guy. I think everybody's always said nothing but good things to say about him. So I think you take this chance if you're Atlanta in their situation. You just have to start getting defensive playmakers. Like you just can't. I mean, for years it's been Grady Jarrett, and you know when AJ Terrell, you know, has played well, that's been good. But it just they need other pieces. They just have had so little talent defensively for years now. Um, so Anyamad and Bates, those are two really good players of their positions if they're both playing at their best. And there's some risk to both, but I'd take that risk. Panthers with Bozeman on a three-year, $18 million contract. To be honest, have not watched him play since he went there. Liked him in Baltimore. Thought he was a scrappy guy. Wanted the Bucks to sign him if they lost Ryan Jensen. Didn't really focus on Bozeman playing last year, though, so I can't really comment on that one. Uh, Shy Tuttle is kind of a player that's gone under the radar. Um, even as a prospect, I thought he's a little under the radar. I didn't expect him to get three years, $19.5 million and $13 million guaranteed at signing. That is life-changing stuff for him, man. Pretty cool story. I uh, haven't watched him enough in the NFL to comment on that one, other than that he seems like he's a good run-stuffing type when I've watched him uh, against and just in tape against the Bucs. But he is like a part-time player, and that would suggest that they're probably going to have a pretty decent-sized role for him next to Derek Brown. So you know, we'll see how that one plays out. Also, Vaughn Bell to the Panthers. I like it. I mean, he's a kind of a strong safety, but they didn't overpay for him. So, yeah, it's a good deal. I think he adds another... Uh, mature player there. I, I'm not sure what Jeremy Chin is. I'm not sure what some of their safeties are really right now. They have a lot of pieces in the secondary that are young. And so having a veteran in there is going to help. I, I don't know who the good pieces are other than JC Horn, but they're probably going to try and figure that out around Horn and Bell this year. So uh, I like the, I think Panthers did fine. You know, Panthers have done fine to open uh, free agency. Uh, Saints re-signing James Winston. All right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, brought back Tano Passanio. Yeah, they lost. Saints just lost people today. I mean, Onyemata, Tuttle. They lost Marcus Davenport to the Vikings as well. So lots of losses for the Saints. They just 
haven't really done anything positive, I would say, in free agency yet. Big one of the day, Bucks bringing back Jamel Dean. This one was shocking to me. You know, I think that, and maybe Bulls did after even after Benjamin, maybe he was able to come back and repair that relationship over the last couple of months. But I just remember after that game, and he benched him, and it was oh, there was a t- there was a toe, there was uh. no, you played him on special teams like seventeen snaps. No, it was it was benching, but I thought the ship had sailed. Dean had some cryptic Instagram posts, and it seemed, and then the reports came out. Yeah, he's going to be testing the waters, but. Somehow they got him back in the fold, and if it's him Bulls' relationship, give Bulls some credit there for repairing that thing. And then Jason Light just keeps doing this, man. I mean, Carlton Davis did it. Shaq Barrett, he did it. Ryan Jensen, he did it. He's brought back good players to this team when it looked like they were about to lose them. And the media just going to be up in arms over this one. They thought the only reason that players wanted to play there was because of Tom Brady, and there's a lot more than that. It's a good culture in Tampa Bay. Whatever you think about Tom Bulls as a head coach, and you know I'm not a big fan, but – the culture is good and the players love him and respect him. And so there is that at least uh, to speak of. And Dean coming back is another for less reportedly. I mean, he was reported in the 17 million per year range, you know, and he, this is a 13 million per year uh, deal. I think Brad Spielberger, PFF, you know, guys know I'm a huge fan of him. He does a great job with the projections. I think he had Dean projected like 45 million per year guarantee, or sorry, 45 million guaranteed, um, at signing, and I think he ended up getting like 26 million guaranteed. So just an unbelievable deal for the Bucks. Even if you're overshooting the market a little bit, he was out there that they had more, he had bigger offers. And yeah, just the Bucks just got him back, which is huge. Now Dean and Davis is who they can build around. They like develop in Zion McComb. They'll probably lose Sean Murphy Bunting, which is addition by subtraction. And then you're probably looking for a nickel at some point, but that's not really a priority in the draft anymore, outside corner at least. And maybe Brian Branch for the Bucks in the first round. I mentioned that on uh, was that the radio the other, a couple of weeks ago, or I forget when I mentioned it. But or oh no, it was, I was texting Dane Burglar, and I that's a player I mentioned to him a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Rams, nothing really there. The Cardinals, nothing really there. Thought the Rams may try to bring in some offensive linemen, but they might fully be ready to sacrifice Matthew Stafford and actually tank this year. We'll see. Uh, the 49ers, Sam Darnold there. Interesting. Okay, so Brock Purdy recovering from injury. Trey Lance recovering from injury. When will those guys be 100% again? And will Darnold have the inside track just because of his health? This could be a really interesting offseason in San Francisco. <laughs> I mean, Shao Shannon has made a lot of bad quarterbacks look pretty decent. And I think Darnold is not good, but... He's better than some of the quarterbacks that Shannon is or more talented, I should say, than some of the quarterbacks that Shannon has made look pretty, pretty good in the past. So I'm very curious to see how this all plays out in San Francisco. But bottom line, you got to figure out what Trey Lance has. And if he's healthy, you got to let him start. Javon Hargrave, I talked about that deal earlier on the podcast as well, the podcast from this afternoon. So go check that one out. Um, bench of the 49ers lost Jimmy Ward as well. And nothing really new for Seattle until. He just signed Draymond Jones, and the deal was much cheaper than originally thought. Three years, $51 million. Like I said, the guarantees have been pretty quietly reported, not really reported yet. And he got a smaller deal than people thought, let's just be honest. And I think there's just some skepticism about whether he's a three-down player or not. He's a good pass rusher, um, no question about that. Is he a game-changing pass rusher? I think that's where some of the debate can happen, but I, overall – 
I think this is a player that has to prove he's a three down caliber starter, high quality starter before he makes more than this. It's still a good deal. I just think the hype got totally out of control for a guy who hasn't proven as a three down player to get this kind of a deal. That's, that's really good. It's just that the hype got a little out of control for him. I mean, the guaranteed money that was talking about for him was in the 45 millions and yeah, I think he got like much less than that for sure. So those are the deals so far through day one of free agency fun stuff. Be back later in the week with more content draft and free agency, a lot more to break down a lot. Good, a lot more good players still to be signed and picked up by these teams. So it's going to be fun. Thanks so much for keeping it here on the audibles and analytics podcast. Peace.